You've got a lot of sausages and things that just come to their head and... And it chipped it away again! Toby Flood. God's sake! He pulled my scrub cap off and he squirted water in my face and you're not allowed to do that! Suck it off! Shut the good videos off! What a yoga! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Waste I Rugby podcast where you're joined by me, Tom, who is raging about the weekend. Jack, who is equally un- equally unhappy, and Ben, who is also equally unhappy. Uh, on today's pod, we're not going to moan straight away. We're going to talk about the Trondheim-Bergen game, and we're going to get some reaction from the coaches there. So we're going to get reaction from Ignacio and Brandon about uh, Trondheim qualifying for the final in the tight 15-12 game. We're going to talk about how we think Trondheim can beat Sargana and then their dominance and we're going to talk about the fantasy rugby so we're going to start with Trondheim and Bergen and Adam was at the game and he got some post-match reaction from just outside the Bora Bora Okay, guys, uh, Adam here uh, in Bergen. We're currently outside the Brian Boro, uh, where the after social from the Trondheim and Bergen game uh, took place uh, Boys are now full of pizza, getting more full of some refreshments just before the England and South Africa game. I'm joined by Ignacio, the head coach of Trondheim, uh, affectionately known as Nacho by by his team. Um, Ignacio, uh, big big win for you guys today. Um, can you give me a little bit of an overview for those that weren't there at the game today of how the game went? Yeah, uh, the game went really, really good and a really tough game. The first half... Uh... We kept the advantage, but then on the second half, like uh, Bergen really pushed back and we were almost on the verge of losing it. But uh, luckily the guys like pushed through and we actually ended up winning the game. So really tough. Nice. And then so, so did you have any particular tactics going into the game? Uh, was there anything you were trying to keep it away from the forwards or uh, utilise your backs? What, what was your plan going into the game? Yeah, the plan was basically to actually use the backs as much as possible and stay away from the big forwards of Bergen. Uh, and we managed to do that during the first half. And on the second half, like, uh, we, we did not succeed on that. And we paid it like, uh, yeah, it was not that good. No, 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 I mean, obviously, uh, playing against you guys, we can see that you're very dangerous in the backs. And uh, I was very complimentary about uh, how well you played in the backs. You've got some good players there. Um, but uh, it was a very close game in the end, 15-12, uh, yeah. I believe, uh, in the end, yeah. which is it would suggest a very, very close game. A little bit too close for comfort, or do you, do you reckon it was just a very a good, even match game throughout? It was too close for comfort. Yeah, like we actually were prepared to actually score four tries. Uh but actually, we fell short, and uh, we had a lot of uh, um, knock-ons. And uh, actually, yeah, we missed many chances that would have been better for us. Yeah. But at the end of the day, all that, all that counts is, is the result. You got the yeah. big W. Um, so I believe, is, is this the first final that Trondheim are now in? Is that correct? Or? It will be the second final for Trondheim. So okay, so when was, the, when was the last one? I think it was in 2019, also against Saganet. So, ah, right. So repeat of 2019. Interesting. So yeah. um, just before we go on and, and talk about next week, uh, was there any standout plays from your from from your point of view from Trondheim today that you w- worth a mention? Yeah, uh, I will say particularly two guys, Kalen, our sec- second center, and also Luke, a flanker. Like uh, they really put their bodies like on the front and they pushed through and they really committed 
with the rest of the team to actually hold Bergen as attacks. So nice, nice. Well done, well, well, well done, Caden and Luke. Uh, good games, boys. Uh, yeah. So then, looking forward to to next week. Um, what what is it? Is it excitement? Are you uh, how how are you feeling? I know, obviously, it's a it's a, you know just just straight after the game is you know probably not thought that far ahead yet. But uh, what uh, what you what's your plan going into to play against Sagan? As we know, they're, they're quite strong at home. Yeah, I think uh, we need to really learn from our previous match against Saguenay. So we're going to do some uh, video watch uh, this week and uh, try to push through and try to improve the little details that we, we didn't have so well today. Uh, but I think we can get a much better uh, or much stronger team uh, against Saguenay. We have this week to prepare and to improve. So... I think we can put a a nice show. Uh, Good on you, mate. Good on you. Now, see, I've always said, like, you know, um, Trondheim... They 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 they, tr- they they play hard. You got a really good a really good unit there, I, I believe. Like playing against you boys, and you 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 completely blew us out of the water. And uh, I really hope that you can go in and and, and do a good one on uh, on Sorgen next ne- next week. Okay, I'm really happy that actually in a few months we actually managed to put together a team of people that actually never played together before, mm-hmm. and we actually managed to make it to the final. So I'm extremely proud of all the boys on the team. Well, good on you, mate. I've had some really good feedback as you as a coach as well. You're obviously doing a great job uh, getting the boys into the final. And uh, thanks for taking the time for us, mate, today. And uh, yeah, good luck next week. Thanks to you. I'm now joined with Brendan Brandon <laughs> Mellon. Uh, from, he's the head coach of uh, Bergen at the moment. Um, glad that I've, I've caught him. He's just done the, the awards, uh, which was a lot of beer consumed for the, the awards. It sounded pretty tasty. Uh, but Brandon, uh, just wanted to get a quick uh, overview of the, of the game today from a Bergen point of view. What, what do you think? Well, uh, you know, it was a it was a well contested game. Uh, Trondheim brought everything they could, and uh, unfortunately, Bergen, we uh, we made a few mental errors, and uh, just we didn't turn out on top. Yeah, no, it's uh, obviously um, going into this game. You were coming off the back of a, a quite a, a big big defeat from from Sargana. Uh, how how did you bounce back from that? Like, what what was what were you in the lead up to this game? What what kind of things were you telling the boys, and what what was your focus going into this game? Yeah, that's a great question. The um, the intensity at practice was definitely there. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like a cop out to say that that game against Sargana was a one off, but. Um, you know, I want to point out this isn't the Bergen team of old. Uh, you know, the boys responded and they responded positively. And we, we put ourselves in the position to win today. And unfortunately uh, for us, you know, Trondheim just did a little bit more than we did. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy with our performance. I would have been happier if we won. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the way the boys responded. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I can't really give my thoughts too much. There's a bit of a conflict of interest because we were very much rooting for you here in the West from Stavanger. But uh, that it is what it is. That's, that's rugby and that's why we love it. A very close game with 15-12 there, mate. But um, what is it specifically you think that that, uh, that, 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 that Toronto... Did you go in with a game plan in terms of how, how to try and shut them down? Or was there any particular focus there that you, you, you thought uh, you went in with in the game uh, to start with? Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I think it's well known around the country that uh, Trondheim's really good, you know, with, with Stephen uh, and, and others. They're really good about getting the ball and getting the ball quickly and going for that steal every time. Now, I'm not going to say it was always a legal steal, but, uh, but you know, more power to him for being in the proper position. And we, we, we drilled it in practice. Uh, and unfortunately, we were still just a bit too slow uh, a few too many times. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, mate. I mean, uh, obviously, it's, it's never good to, to to have a loss. But um, was there any uh, any standout performance from Bergen's point of view today that, from the Bergen? Oh, uh, sure. You know, we uh, we had a number of guys who uh, just really held their own. We had a we have a new guy from France, Pierre, who just was making. Uh, Solid tackle. What after, position was he playing? Uh, he was playing uh, outside center. Solid tackle after solid tackle every time. You know, you could hear it from the sidelines, which uh, and and it was legal, most importantly. Yeah. That's why it's funny you mention him because uh, when I was speaking to the Nacho, the the coach from from Trondheim, he was saying one of his stand-up players was the thirteen. Also, so I uh, didn't watch much of the game myself, but was was that a good battle to watch then between them two? Oh yeah, it was great. They, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, as you know, uh, it's it's a crapshoot whether the ball actually gets out to the thirteen or pass. But um, you know, when it did get out that way, it was always uh, you know a nice sight to behold. Nice, nice, good on you, mate. Obviously, you can tell from your accent, and some of the listeners will know from your accent you're actually from Norway. But what's what's your connection with Norway, mate? Uh. <laughs> so uh, I'm originally from Florida. That's why I actually on uh, in the U.S. Uh, and that'll explain the shirt. Yeah, that'll explain the uh, Hawaiian shirt I'm currently wearing. For those of you who can't see it, uh, I uh, my wife works for a Norwegian company. That's why we're here. But uh, specifically, we're in Bergen because uh, some friends of ours actually, uh, the husband in the group is from Bergen, and so when we got the choice of places to move, this was the most uh, attractive. Nice, nice, and uh, a bit of bit of little research I've been doing as a reporter. Uh, a lot of people have said the reason why uh, kind of Bergen have, have have started getting good numbers down and started being a bit more competitive when it comes to the rugby is is to, down to the social aspect. And your name seems to pop up quite a lot. Um, any any insight as to as to as to why you think that is? Yeah, probably because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Now, um, all, all jokes aside, uh, you know, there's been a concerted effort amongst um, kind of the admin team, quote, end quote, uh, to increase uh, player um, connectivity and, you know, have more fun off the ball and, and do more things that aren't just uh, playing rugby because, you know, we only get so many games, you know, so few games in Norway. So, um uh, I've definitely been a driver of that. I can't take sole credit, but you know, um, we we've been focusing a lot on trying to increase uh, to increase the player drive. Uh, good on you, mate. There's no no point in being modest here, mate. Take full credit for it. Uh, the boys seem to really enjoy being in your company, which is which is nice to see. And uh, we, uh, yeah. So ne- next week, uh, looking to next week, uh, you guys are going to be in the third fourth playoff against us against the Manga. Uh, you guys, you guys are traveling to that, I understand. Uh, yeah, that's the hope. We have to uh, look at the numbers still. Um, unfortunately, we currently have a uh, low participation, but we are looking to improve that. And, you know, uh, every game in Norway is precious. So so we want to have one more. Yeah, well, hopefully we have a good game next week and uh, we get on the beers even more. Uh, it seems like the boys are getting a bit more rowdy in there. So we'll go back and join them. But Brandon, just wanted to say uh, well done for this season. Um, keep on doing what you're doing. And thanks for taking the time, mate. Oh, it's my pleasure. I just want to say a special note to uh, Tom. Abs my favourite too. <laughs> You've heard it here again, guys. It's uh, it's just been confirmed by Brandon, who is a man of many words. Lads, Trondheim. Imagine you're a Trondheim coach or the Trondheim coach. I think they've only got one. How are you going to beat Sargana? What's your plan? I'll let Ben take this first because he's played... He's played both of these teams this year. I haven't seen him since the sevens. I think play is a little bit 
overstated. I had three minutes against uh, Trondheim, and uh, I had me raging at Sagna from the half from the uh, touchline when we played them, and then I saw them play against Bergen. But um, uh, no offense to Bergen, that wasn't really a way to measure how good Sagna are. Um, but I think if you're going to go about beating Sagna, it's just it's not going to be. It's just not going to be easy. <laughs> like you have, you'd have to keep your, the ball away from the forwards and not get stuck in that like forwards like aggro battle that they really really like. Um, I'd say also you've got to be looking for a couple of chips over the top. But again, you don't want to get caught into kind of kicking game because Matthias has a pretty big boot on him. So just keep it like narrow. Um, yeah, otherwise, just try and keep the ball fast off the base and present it well is the major thing. Move them around and see if they get tired. <laughs> I hope they get tired. Anyway, that's the, that's the only way I see it kind of really playing out and wonder tries. <laughs> can't, you can't knock the power of a wonder try. To be fair, Trondheim have got some gas, haven't they? So um, I think a lot of it also depends on the pitch because is the pitch going to be in any kind of salvageable condition or is it is it still that bog because if it's that bog there's no way i just can't see you beating salga and if you're playing in that yeah i mean if it's um it was a little bit better when they played bergen um but we've had rain since so i guess uh i'll go down there tomorrow anyway we have training on thursday um and take a look and see how it's looking but i imagine it's not going to be great the way it was pretty wet over the weekend so <laughs> set, set, setting up to be a classic <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I don't know I find I found that when I've when I've played against Sargina and you kind of the opening 5-10 minutes is so important if if they start dominating you physically in the opening in the opening bit you're you're done like they, they'll just roll over you but if you can they're, I mean, they're big pack, aren't they? But if you can kind of try and get into them and make them make mistakes and make them play properly, make them play rugby, then they can get they can get rattled. Um, easier said than done for eighty minutes because tackling those big bastards or like trying to run over the top of them for eighty minutes is is hard. Uh, but I think yeah, you just gotta keep the ball away from scrums try and have as as much ball in playtime as possible don't kick it off try not to knock it on anywhere on the pitch and just keep the ball around yeah so uh easier said than done and also just try and wind them up as much as you can and try and get the ref on your side i think that very easy you You make it sound so simple yeah well i mean if you get them because they can lose their heads these boys they're lovely lads off the pitch, but they can lose their heads. So if you wind them up as much as you can. They try and need really, don't they? Just wind them up and then try and make them lose their heads. And there's there's a couple of yellows in Sargana. They always get when we're players and they always get yellow. Those uh I think those days are a bit gone. And they like you got a few yeah, you got a few a bit RC, but it's like uh, 
Charlie isn't playing. Um, yeah. And Tom Lauer as well. They were like the two two go-to cards on that team. <laughs> maybe, maybe Merwan if you're lucky. Merwan. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Connor's, uh, Connor's, Connor's on the line, isn't he? If he's playing, I don't know. Yeah, if he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's always. Is he fit? Yeah. And it's, yeah, 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 I think so. But it, uh, they've had a bit of a generation change this year. I don't know. So the wide backs, <clears throat> the wide backs were a little bit more inexperienced than they were, and they're playing a lot of people in different positions than they have been. So I don't know who they'll have for the final. If they'll ring in some of the the old the older big boy, the older boys, or kit stick with the slightly newer or like inexperienced guys as well. So. We'll see. I mean, they beat them. They beat them away with a pretty depleted squad, I think. And the, that was that was seventeen zero. And I think what Sargon have conceded what twenty points all season. So you got to, you're gonna have to go something to to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, well, I'd also because Jake Jake isn't their nine anymore, is he? No. Yeah, so I'd just attack that nine as much as you can. Try and make his life as difficult as possible. He's he's pretty sound there as well. Yeah, but just um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's easier said than done with a team that big and aggressive, and in the conditions. If it was in August and it was a dry pitch and you could just run run them to the ground and it would be hot, then it might be easier. But in end of October in Voltlaka. On the bog, a forward set piece oriented team is always going to be uh, favorite, real different, difficult, difficult not to crouch. Yeah, especially yeah. Um, from what I know about Trondheim is they like they like to run. They played a lot of sevens. They like to run it, but yeah, this is a different beast. In this, um, their backline has genuinely been good, like. Mm. Uh, um, it's caused problems to all of us, which is obviously part of why they've made it there, made it to the final in the first place. They've got a lot of really um, young uh, French exchange students, which, uh, yeah, you know, we know how that goes. Yeah, um, it's helped. So they're, they're really good over the ball. Um, they're very good at getting in and nicking nicking it really so you have to be so good to get over it um otherwise they've they've got it and they're quite they're quite good off turn off turn over ball but it's just whether they're allowed that chance it's so hard if you hard to get turnovers when you're going backwards so if if they get a little bit of front front foot defense i reckon they cause some problems like Get the turnovers going. They love to get it wide quick. No, I guess no reason you can't do it on the right yeah. side of Fultz Locker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like <laughs> the left-hand side of the post is like just boggy as hell and just you could drown on a small child in there. And then the right side of it's actually got grass on the earth and you can play rugby. So you need to work out where to play. <laughs> well, as we don't have Josie on, today i'm gonna to do a jonesy and go for the old i'm gonna go for the old cliche jonesy impression 
no lads, it's just about, you know, Sargon are a really good team, really big. They're going to be favourites. But, um, you know, ultimately it's a final and whoever plays better on the day, whoever plays better on the day is going to win it. And, uh, you know, as long as, he's, as long as Trondheim stays a unit, as long as they play well on the day, you know, it's uh, anything can happen. It's a final, anything can happen, you know, and uh, <laughs> that's how you do it. You know, that's what you got to believe. you got to believe in yourselves. you got to believe in the process. you got to believe what you've been doing all year is going to work. And, uh, and yeah, it's a final. Anything can happen. Uh, Adam, I've got a, I've got another question for you, Adam. How are you going to get yourself ready for the third and fourth place playoff? Because it's going to be a bit of a grudge match between you and uh, the Blinden the Blinden lads that are being put out because you've been saying a lot of stuff about the Blinden lads not turning up and getting that extra bonus point. Look, you know, I understand, understand uh, travelling in Norway is tough. You know, it's tough. You know, honestly, we're very, we're very, we gutted. We gutted as, as a saga, as a Stavanger team, we gutted. We gutted that we're not in the final. We gutted. We thought we deserved it. Um, oh, the draw hasn't helped us. You know, bonus points. Not getting bonus points for a walkover. I think that needs to maybe be looked at in in the off season. Um, but you know we're we're going to come down strong with with the group of boys. We've got we've got a good squad traveling down, and uh, you know we're going to give it our all. And whoever whoever's in front of us, you know we're going to play our hearts out. We're going to play for the badge, and uh, you know we're going to have a good knees up afterwards. So uh, looking forward to it. Next year will be different. Next year we'll be in the final for sure. Next year. And we're going to take, we're going to take this, we're going to take this feeling, we're going to take this hurt, and we're going to take it into next year. And uh, you know, we're going to do all we can. Ultimately, it was one game in Trondheim that let us down this year. So <laughs> we'll, we'll take that hurt and we'll and, and we we'll use it as fuel. We we'll use it as fuel for next year. Brilliant. I think that's a really interesting, insightful answer. I was just wondering if you could sum up for me in one word what playing in the third and fourth place. Playoff means to you in just one word. Failure. <laughs> and also hear it now. Hear it first on the podcast, lads. Hear it. I'm, I'm going to say it now first on the podcast. If we lose the third, fourth place playoff game, I'm shaving my mullet off. I'm shaving it off in the pub afterwards. You heard it first here. You heard it first. Adam Jones is shaving his mullet off if we lose the third, fourth place playoff game. Oh, fantastic! In front, in front of the in front of the screen, it's like the anthems are being sung for the World Cup. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the hacker with New Zealand at the pub, and while I'm doing the hacker, someone's gonna shave my head. That's if we lose. <laughs> only if we lose. Only if we lose. <laughs> so that's tough, tough life, Adam. Tough life. But it's all about the unit, lads. It's all about the unit. As long as the unit's good, then you know. I'm happy. I'm happy. At the end of the day, you know, rugby's the winner. Not Stavanger, but rugby. Oh. I'm never going to let back into Stavanger ever again now, I don't think. Thanks. I can't wait to see uh, whether we get Adam back on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> don't need him. We've got one already. Madam uh, uh, Jones. It's not like he ever left us, is it? With you there. Sorry, Adam. Right, next I, thing. <laughs> I just, so what we're saying, Trondheim, basically Trondheim, good luck. Keep the ball away from their forwards. Don't knock it on. Uh, don't kick it out on the full. No line-outs, no scrums. 
and uh, try and get one of them sent off, and then you'll you might win. Is that what we're saying? That was, ex- that was extremely specific, but pretty pretty much on the mark. <laughs> you just got to do everything right and hope it's the best. We'll see. It should be a good game. The third versus fourth is going to be the best. It's going to be a banger. Everybody's going to be out there. It's going to be some Bergen boys, Linen boys. I think uh, I think we're even getting some of the Swedes to come across. Then uh, yeah, like guys, nice. guys from everywhere, mate. <laughs> so I think we're looking at making that one in something a bit bit different. So could could end, could well end up uh, end up upstage in the final. Let's see. Let's see. Nah, the final is that on straight before. So the third fourth is on straight before. Yeah, straight four. So it's like twelve till two, and then uh, it goes two till four, I think, for the final. So you can like wreck the pitch, and then they have to come on and play in whatever's left. Yeah, I don't know if they'll alternate pitches, but the women are playing as well. So I don't know how that's looking. What are our predictions then for this for this one? I really, I desperately want to be kind, but I'm going to go with like fifty-five ten. Fair. That's a big score. <laughs> Too slack there, obviously. I just want no, to clear that up. I really want Trondheim to do it. I reckon they might sneak it. They've just had a tough game. They played last weekend. They're on form. They're ready to go again. I reckon Trondheim might do it. 16-15 to Trondheim. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I did, look, you could see it a mile away, but you just <laughs> couldn't help but react. I'm going to go 22-5 to Sargonat. I don't think it'll be huge scoring, but I think Sargonat will win it relatively comfortably. So this uh, this is like pretty pretty big difference because Tom can't walk back on it. 16-15, really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the weather's supposed to be doing? On um, I actually haven't checked. You checking? Yeah, I'm checking now. That's good. Just... Cloudy and four degrees, perfect rugby weather. Low wind, not too windy, no rain, four degrees. That sounds perfect, that. Yeah, it does. You can't really expect a better rugby day in the second half of October in Norway. No, not at all. Uh, Shall we just explain the day of rugby that's going to be happening on Saturday in Oslo? Because it's going to be, Tron and I are going to be there. Sargana, Linden players, maybe some Swedes, some Stavanger players, and it's going to be two matches, so the third and fourth playoff, and then the final, and then everyone's going to be going to, which bar is it, to watch the World Cup final? Oh, Wild Rover. It's the Wild Rover, I think. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Wild Rover. So, if you like rugby at all, get down to World Soccer, because you're going to have a full day of really high level rugby then maybe a little bit of a drop off and then a massive <laughs> drop off <laughs> but also how great that you know there's going to be what 50 over 50 guys all in one place for in Norwegian rugby for a whole day it's going to be class people should definitely go yeah. and, and watch all the games really and then definitely go for the third half yeah, I think that, you know, even like the women have uh, have the cup day on as well. So it will be like a lit, just a complete mix of 
Norwegian rugby. So that'd be that'd be a good advert at least. And Ed, I think Ed in the same vein that that Josie did for the league final. I think Ed's doing the the reporting, isn't it? So if if anyone sees a kind of slightly odd looking ginger Mancunian asking you questions, don't call the police. Just talk to him. That, he, that's Ed from the pod. So uh, I think he's doing it. He said he was doing it. Yeah, Ed will be there. He said he'll be there. So Ed will be there, hobbling around, <laughs> just giving you questions. With a with a with a hat on and a ginger mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll have his he'll have his uh he'll have his barber jacket on. Don't let him leave your kids, but talk to him on the uh, about rugby. <laughs> well, all right. So I think it's time for us to have our therapy session and talk about the the catastrophic defeat, the unfair the I'm struggling to find the words to describe the incompetence of the coaching and everything that went on at the weekend. So, how were Argentina so bad? Because, I don't know, mate. I don't know. They, they, I thought Argentina were all right until New Zealand got a little bit ahead and then it just looked like they just think the floodgates opened. But it's a semi-final. Oh, you can't lose four two four six. It's yeah, not acceptable. Yeah, it's a disgrace, that, isn't it? It's a fucking disgrace. They were targeting that third, fourth place match. That was their like. That was going to be the peak, you know. Is that the one? In in South America, a bronze medal is still a medal. Like that's <laughs> the only continent where that sort of thing is acceptable because it happens all the time in football. But <laughs> for the rest of us, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For the rest of us, it's first or first set, first or nothing. So they just up for then forty four six. Yeah, it's fine. They didn't look like they thought they could win at any point. Like the first few minutes, Kramer was bashing people, but apart from that, like you just knew as soon as New Zealand got ahead, that was it. It was over. It's really sad. That was not a semi final. That was really shite. I turned it off after forty minutes. I was like, there's no point in watching the rest of this. Like, yeah, why do I want to watch New Zealand get? Why do I want to watch New Zealand batter someone in a, in a semi-final? Like, there's no, there's no point. So I just turned it off. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, their, their mindset just wasn't there at all. It's like they were just going to... They were just wandering out, like, <laughs> like to play a, a friendly against, like, I don't know, Tonga in wow. yeah, somewhere else. They just... They, they were just happy to be there, weren't they? Yeah, it's like, like, oh, cool, we made it here again. That's a bit unexpected. Let's see you next time. <laughs> no, that was. Um, I think the England, the England game really sorted the draw out because if the England game had been like a big loss, then everyone would have just been kicking off about the draw. Um, but because the England South Africa game was so tight, then I think no one can really complain. Like the Irish and the Scots and the French and stuff can't really complain anymore that the draw is shite, that made the World Cup shite, because the World Cup's been... The knockout rounds have been unreal, apart from that one game, which was terrible. But every single other game has been amazing. Yeah, they, they have been. I think they'll, they'll, they'll still complain, especially... Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, they... Especially, like, South Africa, if they get to the final and lose, because they would have played, like... What was their order of games? Ireland. It was like, yeah. it was like Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, 
because they had Romania between Scotland, but then it was like Ireland, Tonga, France, England, and then have to play New Zealand. If they win it, and one point wins against teams that played probably better than them for most of the game, and then have to play a final, then the draw is getting blamed. Uh, I guarantee it. Well, New Zealand yeah. played. Who's New Zealand played? They played. They played France, where they got banned, and then they've played Ireland, where they yeah. won again because Ireland bottled it. The longer I yeah. go away from that game, the more I think Ireland bottled that game. And yeah, then they played a shy Argentina, and then they're in the final. It's it's mad. They've only really played one good game against one good team because they lost the other. Yeah. They often they lost the other game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't. Uh... They didn't really look like winning it either. So it was just... Uh, so it's really it's quite strange, yeah. Quite weird how the two teams that came back in groups are in the final. But the way when... I don't know if you remember the rugby championship, that game where New Zealand came out and absolutely banged the Springboks in the first, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, the kicking game when they were playing... At that point of the game, it was almost exactly the same as what England did in the semi-final, except for they just backed it up with this like crazy quick, like uh, off-the-cuff back backline play, and getting big forwards into outside channels and stuff. So it just makes me like a little bit like, oh no, next week is going to be interesting because if England can even give up, you know that like that push when players are definitely not as good <laughs> then I think uh, New Zealand can definitely do the same but better. It's just I don't know if... Uh, yeah okay New Zealand's back row is super aggressive but the rest of them aren't. I just don't know if they're aggressive yeah. enough. Like South Africa the most violent... Like we were so violent and I think that's why he chose like Marla and Martin and just those like dickhead players who were just yeah. really nasty and aggressive and violent to combat the South Africans and we did that really well but yeah. I don't know if New Zealand apart from Ardi Savea and Shannon Frizzell I don't know if they're that if they're violent enough yeah. like look at Farrell even Farrell like Farrell's so violent Tuolangi's violent Geordie Barrett and Mwanga and Rico Iwani are amazing athletes but they're not violent are they no no 100% so I don't know I don't know it's. Uh, I wonder if the South Africans will pick a bigger pick a, a bigger winger, or if uh, Renze is going to keep his place because they got absolutely dominated in the air. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes it so obvious, and you need to do something different. Those two New Zealand boys are big, big lads as well. I think they're underrated, big yeah, yeah. New Zealand wingers. So Mark Tillet is like nine, nearly hundred kilos. Yeah, I think he actually is. And then, like, and Will Jordan is just, he's a fullback normally, so he's really good. And, uh, <laughs> and he's, and he's like rangy. And then, like, what, who, who else do they have? Leicester, Kayanga, Nienku. Oh, yeah. They're, he's, uh, their backs are absolutely yeah. enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Rico Nwani was like 105 kilos or something. He's a freak. Yeah. I want to punch him so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's, <laughs> he's amazing at rugby and he's amazing yeah he's really good it's really good yeah that's the only thing that where they said about 
I think it was Shane Horgan was saying before Ireland played New Zealand that like to score against New Zealand traditionally anyway you needed to be like perfect to score mm. and then they because of the players that they've got and, and the athletes that they have they can just they can like not play well or just nothing can be on and they can just score because like Tom said they're what did you say the other day like they're peak athletes the top athletic talent in New Zealand goes into rugby so they're their athletes, especially in the backs, are on like a different level to other athletes in in the game, yeah. especially English athletes. I think we have like we have a mentality of the unit, and and the unit we interpret it as the team has to play well and the team scores the try. Whereas I think the New Zealanders and the South Africans, the way they see it, is like we just need to score a try. So. Don't worry if the team does it. If Barrett's got the ball and he sees an opportunity, he has to take it. I would say, looking back on the France-South Africa game, that Dupont played for us. He played a really good game because he didn't make any mistakes. But when you play Dupont, play when Dupont plays really, really, really well, he always looks like an offload off the coast of the ground, or gives the ball away a couple of times because he risks a lot more, and then he makes mistakes, but. He also scores a lot more points and creates a lot more points points opportunities for France because he's risked something. And then if he loses the ball and it becomes a scrum, then France just back their defence. And I think the New Zealanders are a lot like that. And I think the South Africans are a lot like that. So in the game, in the England game, yeah, we dominated and like we but dominating the air for me is a bit yeah, we dominated in the air because we got up and Elliot Daly won the ball and tapped it back, but it went back ten metres. So yeah, he's won the ball, but he's tapped it back 10 metres. And then we have to dive on it and get it back. And a lot of the times we won an aerial contest, but we're basically, because we tapped the ball back, we're in the same place we were. So yeah, South Africa have lost it, but they've probably only lost five metres off that jaw. Not, we've not taken huge chunks off them. We've not completely battered them. We've not created a line break. We've just tapped it back or we've got some scruffy possession that can't really do anything else with apart from kick it again. So yeah. We do, we might have controlled the game like Ireland do. They control the game, but do they score points? I think that's a lot more of, I think their mentality, I think Razi's mentality is where do I score points? How do I score points? Whereas I think like England and how does the unit play? How is the, how, are we risking it? Are we like maintaining possession of the ball well enough? Are we dominating territory? Whereas I feel like they're a bit more actually how we're scoring a point. Yeah, we're, if we're in this situation, how do we score a point from it? I wonder how much sports science and stuff goes on with that South Africa team because I know Borthwick was like, and it seems with English coaches as well, that happens a lot. Borthwick has said, you know, the team that kicks it the most statistically, he's looked at all the stats and stuff, and he's like, you need to run this much, you need to kick this much to win a game. And then even going back to like Stuart Lancaster, he was like, I need this amount of caps in my team to win a World Cup. So he just gave people caps just to get to that number. And it's very like stats-based. Whereas Razzy seems, I mean, he's a bit, he's a psycho, Eddie, and he's like completely off his head, but he just seems to just do stuff instinctively rather than doing everything off stats. I think in that South Africa, in the South Africa-England game, he outsmarted us and I think he was very, very clever because he learns during the game 
So, example, that's, that Ben sort of might disagree with a little bit, but I would back 100%, and I think you could even go further with it. In the first half, they kicked a touch to throw a line out in. England's more stopped it. Our more defense was unbelievable in the first half. We stopped every single we stopped it every single time they went to more. Okay. In the second half, when they needed the points, they took the ball down. They didn't even push in that more. They just let it go back. But Dion Fury went and took the break, and England had completely committed to that mall, and that's how he made the meters and got right up to our try line. If you watch it back, you see the South African mall with back. They're barely pushing, but they're just making you commit to the mall. And England, we've got we've already got that repetition in our brain that we hit the mall, we stop the mall, we stop South Africa. So they've changed, they've adapted based on what they've seen. They've taken what was England's strength, they've accepted it, they've gone, we're not even going to compete with that, we're not going to try and out more you now, we're going to do something different. And it worked for them, and that's how they got seven points. My thought that I'm like now wondering back is thinking, did they keep going for the mall and pushing it just to build that into our heads? You know, like once they lost the first two, did they go, oh, we're going to go and maul it anyway? And let them stop us just to make sure that they actually try and stop us at the mall because we've got this up our sleeve now. We've got, we're going to train you into a defending like this. And then when it really matters, we're not going to attack like that. And we're going to surprise you. And I'm wondering if there's, if there's stuff like that that he's doing. And also another example of how he like, is when he, when they take the free kick and then they go for the, the scrum. Like it is high risk, but if you need points, if you take the scrub, if you just kick it back to them, then you've not not got the ball. Maybe it's worth the risk of losing three points potentially because you give a penalty away or losing the scrum because you actually need to get up the pitch and maintain the ball and that's your best opportunity to do it. So it is a risk, but they may, they decide it differently to how we would because we would never do that. I think the other thing with the scrum as well was we we were pretty solid until the replacements came on, wasn't it? And it didn't look like they were trying to attack us because they knew, like, we'll just what are they? We'll, we'll just show the ref a good picture that we're trying and we're not like boring in or we're not doing anything illegal throughout the game. And then as soon as Inche came on, like they would, they didn't, they wouldn't have marked that in the first twenty minutes when the scrums were like had parity. But when they started dominating us, then they just brought it out as a weapon at the end, and we couldn't do anything about it. They just learn and react to what they see so much better. So Borthwick, everything we did in that game, what Borthwick did to try and change the game, I think was pre-planned. I don't see any of those substitutions as reactions to what he's seen on the pitch. What could have been really interesting, and I think maybe if Razzie might be a sort of coach to do this, is, okay, England had like a dominant period. Whack on George Ford. Try and kill him off there and then. Right, we're going for tries now, lads. We've got them. We've, we're six points up. We're nine points up. They're rattled. They're dropping the ball. They're not playing well. We've got 10, it's 10 minutes before half time. We're going to risk it. I'm going to put George Ford on now. We're going to try and finish them before they've got chance to get into the changing rooms and discuss how they're going to come back at us. We're going to react before them. We're going to capitalise on our momentum and we're really going to try and put the knife in. Whether I'd do it or not, I'm not sure. But that's like... That might be where rugby's going because you've got eight subs. So why not risk one sub? Take him off if he plays badly. If it doesn't work, just whip him off again. You've got Owen Farrell on the pitch anyway. You can just put him back into 10. You can juggle juggle your players so much more. You have eight 
players you can put on. But you can also take one off that you've put on if that's like the period of the game. So maybe in the World Cup final and New Zealand get a couple of sim bins, maybe he chucks on an extra winger. Takes off a forward and whacks on an extra winger. Here we go. We're going to attack, you know. No, but we would never think like that. No, 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 no. We would never see it as that, oh, this is the chance to seize the opportunity or this is how we're going to have to change. It's like we would never, well, Eddie Jones would have, but Borthwick's not going to whip, whip the bock off after 30 minutes. But Rizzy will. Yeah, but then Eddie Jones started just doing that because he because he was Eddie Jones, didn't he? He just started doing that for no reason after that, after a while, just like ruining players because he did it once and it worked really well and then he just started doing it for jokes after that, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I just think like he, he they'll, they'll, I feel like he focused, like, say like every rugby coach has a limited amount of time to actually like plan something. Like they don't have like enormous amounts of time. I wonder if he might just go, I just need a standard strength and conditioning. I'm not going to go for the margins there. I need my players to have a basic level of skill. I need them to have this level of skill. I'm not going to spend my time there. What I am going to spend my time on is thinking, what's a little thing that will surprise the team and win us points? It's easy to train and we can do like the marking from a free kick. No one knows what's happening there. Shocks everyone. In the World Cup final in 2019, when they set up the mall at like uh, that mall, in the middle yeah. of play, yeah, won them a penalty or whatever it did, or Bill Nod. Sometimes it fails, but when you've got those little tricks and you can convert those tricks into points, that's valuable, isn't it? You need, you need three points to win a game, and he's got a little do this, lads, try it. And then, oh, that fails. We'll try this. We've still got 10 minutes to go. We're going to work out how to break them down, but we're gonna not going to do it as like a team slowly grinding a team down. What we're going to do is we're going to find a little trick that will work, a little tactic, something. That's what made, uh, like, um, that's what made having Portugal fun because that it looked like that's clearly all they did. It, like, it was going to, they just came up with plays that were just, and always score points and they were all totally random and like uh like different it's look it looked like that's all they did <laughs> with the time that they had before the before the world cup and such a rugby hit but, but you know like the thing is it's like yeah like uh what tier tier two ranked 16th in the world scoring like worldies against wales australia like beating fiji of course there's the place like places for these like these players you know and innovation is always going to be the thing that wins out at those points of competition um so the razzyisms like yeah the malls on the halfway lines and these little things that they introduce make total sense and will matter in the really tight games i'm curious though like yeah so this obviously the whole everything about Kiwis wanting to score tries and stuff like that. If New Zealand can build proper scoreboard pressure on the box, can't just rely on tricks. And then I don't know what uh, I wonder what happens then. Like because he will react and he will learn on the fly, and that's how they they always take games. But it's it's a little bit different to what they are used to, and. Like uh, when they've been on the end of some not so good scorelines. Mm. 
I just think maybe this is one step too far. A bit like, yeah, uh, like, I don't know, they've just been in so many like close games, they must be destroyed mentally and physically. I think, I think the, it sort of depends. I reckon mentally they'll be well, well up for it. Physically, a couple of players might be a bit like, I, I imagine Edzabeth must be like, that guy's like, has he missed like one game in oh, many years or something? <laughs> uh, I like, he's going to be well up for it, but his body won't be quite <laughs> what it was at the beginning of the World Cup. Uh, I think that's why I ended off going off just after half time. But again, Snyman on, scores a try. Snyman's a monster, Eddie. What the hell is that man? It looks like he's just been made in like a yeah. lab. He's in the, and you know when someone says, "Oh yeah, the Viking," and then you know you're like, "Oh, it's a tag that everybody uses for everybody these days." Oh, yeah. But then you actually see him, and you're like, "Yeah, all right." Yeah. <laughs> give you give you an axe and just be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." The fact that the bloke makes professional <laughs> rugby players. Professional South African rugby players look small is just free kitsch on it. Yeah, yeah, it is. And he gets his arms free. I d- he just gets his arms free every single time he gets yeah. back. He's got his arms free every single time. There's some plays in basketball as well, I reckon. Oh, mate. That's yeah, my son. Because he's got those kind of skills, like that skill set where he's just even looking over the top, you know. He's an absolute monster. Rangy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when he got over the try line as well. Because you know some of them, you're like, there's there's about eight people underneath them and you're like, yeah, they have a hope of holding him up. With him, you just knew. Like, you just knew there was no way that ball was yeah. staying up off the ground. He was going to find the place where it was going to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just did it. And the guy, what did he do, his ACL or something? He was out for like 18 months. Yeah, he... I think he ruptured his it was his ACL twice. I think he did the same injury twice. Absolutely, man. And look, yeah. he's back in, in a World Cup final. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's a really cool story for him. So I think his first proper game back was the URC final, if I remember right. Or it, I one, won the Munster Munster beat. And Munster won it, yeah. I think it was like the semi-final or something. He had a few minutes. And then he played like the last 20. Um, Say. Yeah, like, like played the last 20 in the final. And then like now he's suddenly in the World Cup final. That's like, that's some work. Like That's uh, that's awesome. What a story that would be if he takes it. <laughs> right. But, I mean, should we... Do you want to do predictions first and then fancy rugby, or should we head go on to fancy rugby? Let's do fancy rugby. Yeah. All right. Again, as Josie's not here, I won't do the I won't do the voice again because uh, I don't want him to hurt me when I, when I see him next time. But fancy You've got rugby to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry about a noise, mate. <laughs> fancy rugby this week. Penultimate week of games, so it's with yeah. I guess the third, fourth is is next week. That counts as well towards fancy rugby. I assume so. It's not just the final, yeah. Um, so sitting on top of the tree at the minute on five thousand four hundred forty-three, 
is Shane Speedy 88, who's had an absolute blinder. Who's that? Do you know him? No. Do you know him, Ben? I think it's from someone from Stranger, isn't it? I think. Oh, like, oh is this the bloke yeah. with the spreadsheets and stuff? That, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's been on about. Right, yeah. Obviously, like 300 points in front of the next person. He's like 500 points in front of uh, Jürgen. 500. Yeah. I, he's like he's like 1,400 in front of me, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't do my team this week, so I think I only had about five players playing. <laughs> yes, I saw that you forgot. I was like, there's too many Welsh people in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even for an ordinary week, it's stupid. Yeah, so I've... I've right now, it's... I'm, <laughs> yeah, I've absolutely nosedived, but... Um, so yeah, so Shane Speedy's on top with 5,440. Then Jürgen's second, just under 5,004,983. Dream McQueen is just behind Jürgen, uh, 4,917. And then we've got a couple, Alex on 4,785, Angus on 4,5. And then our very own jo- Adam Jones is, on, is in sixth place. But realistically, it looks like Unless something drastic happens, Shane Speedy's looking in pole position to take the take the title after next week. But Jurgen and Andrew McQueen might have something to do to do with it. So it's gonna be a big big week next week. We'll see how the fantasy table ends up. Um it's gonna be gonna be tough with four four teams to choose from. It's gonna be tough, yeah. And you'd imagine basically everybody choosing the same players. <laughs> yeah. And you'd you'd imagine they won't be super high scoring games, you wouldn't think. So there wouldn't be shitloads of points, but there were shitloads of points this week. If you put your New Zealand wingers in this week, you scored a shitload of points. But yeah, you think um I can't imagine they're gonna be super high scoring games. So five hundred points in one week. Shane Speed is gonna to have to have a bad week and Jurgen or Dream McQueen's gonna to have to smash it out of the park. But, you know, as you know, never cliche, never say never. Anything can happen on the day. So, uh, gotta be in it to win it. Gotta be in it to win it. Um, and then the other end of the table, our boy Flying Celestian, still in last place on 1302. He, uh, yeah, he's still, he's still got Tongans and, and Italians in his team. So, I'm not sure he's played it for a while. Oh, he, is, uh, he is playing the long game. Yeah, he's. <laughs> and then uh, Isak is in forty fifth. So then we won't go. Yeah, we'll just do those bottom two for now. So flying Celestian, you're still hiding from us. We don't know who you are, but you are. You've got the wooden spoon at the minute. So um, we're gonna have to find out who you are at some point. We'll find out who you are on Saturday. I'm sure he'll put you there, or someone who know who he is. But yeah, so that's fantasy showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flying Celestium. <laughs> so that's that's fancy wrapped up this week, and then obviously next week we're going to have we're going to have a winner. We're going to have we're going to have the World Cup winner. We're going to have the Norway rugby winner, but most importantly, we're going to have the waist high rugby fantasy league winner. And uh, Ed will be there if you're there in in person. Ed will be there too. Give you a prize. Putting oh, that on Ed, Ed's got Ed's got oh. a prize out this week to give to the winner of Fancy Rugby, who should be there this weekend. I, I can at least like I'm playing. Yeah, uh, I'm playing for 
Lennon on the one side and Jonesy will play on the other side. So you can be like the meat in the sandwich of the hug that we're going to give you. Right. Who are you talking to? The fantasy rugby winner? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. no, no, no. I'm talking to Tom. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's always dreamed about it. He keeps talking. Yeah, we never said we never said what the prize was and a sweaty hug from Adam Jones yeah, yeah. prize, but yeah. Uh, we'll... yeah, no, you think the sandwich, mate. He's, this guy's gonna be in the sandwich. <laughs> He's gonna be in Jones is at the back. You can't yeah. ask Jones from the back. And then Chase just... Speedy's yeah. Speed delivery gonna bottle it now. It's just yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going through yeah. and all sorts of weird players just to avoid it. <laughs> but seriously, the fantasy ball. the fantasy rugby has been great and uh we're we're so happy we got so many people in our league. Um, and yeah, it's been a real, it's been real fun. It's been an absolute nightmare at times and it's taken way too much of my time. And after the catastrophe of not putting a rundle in when he scored five tries and putting Max Malins in instead, I was pretty depressed on <laughs> Um But it's been good fun. Have you enjoyed it, bud? Yeah, yeah, it's been really, really good. Again, I think I took way... Um... Wait too much time for it. Although, yeah. like, I had to get my girlfriend, or my girlfriend reminded me to do my fantasy rugby two minutes before the game started <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, gonna go and make myself a drink. And she was like, don't forget fantasy rugby. And I was like, oh, I was <laughs> just choosing, like, World Jordan. Get where's World Jordan? Yeah. Like, just for that game. But apart from that, yeah. I spent a, day, a bit of time on it. It was quite fun. It's, it is always quite fun. It kind of gives you like this ulterior interest in games that you never really watch. Yeah, like South Africa Romania was interesting because I just wanted... Yes, just because you've got well, some guy named Vladu or something who's going to like make a lot of tackles. Nah, no, that wasn't why. I just wanted to see how many points uh, Colby was going to score. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. But, um, but sort of... Uh, mate, props. I mean... They're kind of... <laughs> A girlfriend who reminds you to pick your fantasy rugby team. I mean, you don't get better than that, do you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah. That's the keeper, that is. Well done, Jeanette. Yeah. Shout yeah. out, Jeanette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she deserves it. Yeah. But no, it's been class. And um, yeah, we'll probably do it for the Six Nations as well. If if people... Uh, Stand up if people will just do it for the Six Nations. Yeah. I'm doing it, so everyone else should. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Not doing it by myself. <laughs> and then maybe Tom. And then maybe Tom will join in. No, no, he's. I refuse to pick Italy players. <laughs> then, then don't. Yeah, then so don't. you have to. You have to. Like the rules always make make you have to have an Italy player or something like that. I hate it. You don't have to. You can make it. You can. You can set up the comp differently if you want. Yeah, I'm not picking Italy players. Picking the England team. The full England team, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and get the least amount every week. <laughs> now, I'll pick the England team when they fire Borthwick. Right, I'm going to say that that's the end of the podcast now. <laughs> Very nice. Goodbye. <laughs>